Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Welcome. Radio. Welcome to Students for a Better Future. Ruben, Doreen, on you. (laughs) Oh, I heard silence. Well, we have an exciting show tonight. It's going to cover so many many different topics. You guys are always going to come back for another round next week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Students for a Better Future Radio. Um, I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Ruben Torres, and uh, we have a great show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the Syrian refugees and the whole problem with the the immigration system. Um, And before I mention that, I just want to uh, please ask you to go to the the nonprofit's website who sponsors the show, studentsforabetterfuture.com. And if you can make a donation, that would be great. And in the meantime, Mark and Ruben, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Thank thank you for mentioning my name. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Mark is is actually our co-host tonight. Um, so, uh, and, and hopefully Mark, we want you to get your own show. So, yes, um, yes, we, 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 we have to talk, but, uh, there's a little mountain called Thanksgiving in front of us at the moment. Uh, <laughs> that, that's between uh-huh. us. Uh, after we, we uh, climb that hill, we'll, we will talk. Called, uh, on the mark. Right, that was supposed to be the name. Yeah, of the show. We, yes, so yes, yes. Uh, I, I'm also going to call it Doctor Mark, your political optometrist, helping you see clearly. Uh, we have much to discuss with the youngsters tonight, um, and but, you know what? I'm I'm going to go right into it because there's so much red meat we have to tear into, and, and, and the top. Uh, yeah, Mark, go ahead. Mark Ruben met one of my youngsters last week. Very really. Uh, which one? Which one? Debbie, Debbie Mountainez. She was on. Um, we partially discussed the immigration issue. Um, you know, yep. she's a student from William Patterson. Nice. And um, she hopes to. She wants to be on the radio more often as well, and hopefully, we can do something where she gets her own show. Well, as long as know, she has a gift of gab, just go with it, Doreen. She, oh yes, she does. Great, great, great. Okay, anyway, now, oh, I'm sorry, Ruben, after you. Take it away. Okay, okay, we will take it away. We we want to take him away, him being uh, you-know-who. Anyway, Ruben, can I lay out this metaphor right out to start the Syrian refugee conversation? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, here we go, folks. Here's the way we look at it. We being common sense, feet on the ground, loving our families, concerned about your families, American people. Here you go. 
there's a dish of 100 M&Ms. Someone hands you the dish. Uh, by the way, I got this metaphor uh, from Dr. Michael Savage. You have to give credit. He's got a you know a national show. Anyway, you like M&Ms. Your friend hands you a bowl, 100 M&Ms. Before you tear into it, though, he says, oh, by the way, one of these M&Ms in here is poison, and it will kill you. So let me ask you, students, let me ask you, Tea Party folks, are you going to dive into that bowl of M&Ms and start eating them and figure, oh, maybe when I'm about halfway down, I'll stop the poison ones in there. No, if you have half a brain, you just dump the bowl. The bowl is no good. Now, am I saying dump all refugees? Of course not. However, here, again, the, the crux of the issue comes down to something. Now, those who have listened to the show over the years and heard me know I banged this drum, and I'm going to bang it again. Here's the issue with the refugees. The leftists are stealing money. They're laundering money. Billions of dollars are going out to these so-called religious charitable organizations to care for these refugees. Oh, and, and by the way, those billions are just for starters. Because now they're going to need Section 8 housing. Now they're going to need food stamps. Now they're going to need WIC. Now they're going to need other welfare benefits. This country, number one, does not want to see your wives and daughters, your brothers and sisters, splatted all over the mall or the movie theater or the football stadium or just the crowded intersection. If you've ever been downtown New York City on a Friday or Saturday night, how crowded it is. Or how about Port Authority, or Penn Station, or Grand Central. Even if one of those M&Ms of 100, just even using that smallest of numbers, 10,000 people, 100 killers, Killers of your fathers, your uncles, your sisters, my wife, my children, Reuben's family, any of us. Hence, we don't want these refugees, not because they're Syrian, not because they're Muslim, not because they're from the Mideast, but because sprinkled inside their numbers are savage murderers. Now, that's the end of my metaphor, Ruben. That's it. But oh, now, if you want to I, I discuss like that, if you want yeah. to throw in more, go ahead. Oh, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I think uh, coming from Dr. Savage, Michael Savage, uh, it, it's, uh, it's impressive. It's impressive. This is, this is my take on, on, on the Syrian refugees. The, the whole situation in the Middle East is that we are not taking the steps to make countries like Saudi Arabia, like Kuwait, like uh, Bahrain, the United Arab Emirates, all these rich oil countries take responsibility for their own people. Where is, where is the help and the necessity to take care of their own people 
No, they're pushing those people, Syrian refugees, to the Europeans. Right, the and, and, and you know what, Ruben? You know, you know what's ticking me off also with this whole thing. All these people that are flooding Europe are all getting apparently free passage right through Turkey. What the hell are they doing? They're supposedly a NATO member. They're screaming help with dumbasses that just shot down a Russian jet. Now we're scared, and we're invoking the rest of NATO to help us. Why are they permitting? Well, well, it's because the, the, these refugees the, just, you know, run pell-mell through Turkey into Europe. What's going on there? Well, what happens is that the, we got a radical, radical president in, in, in Turkey. Not just in the, not not just in Washington do we have a radical president. We have a radical president in in Turkey sitting in. The, oh, oh in, yeah, that that the uh, Erdogan. Erdogan. Yeah. yeah, Erdogan. Erdogan is a radical, and he believes. Wait, wait a second. Here's something I want to say on the air for a second. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about him today, and I just wanted to point out and remind many folks out in the airways that after Obama won the election in 2008. The very first phone call he made was to Erdogan in Turkey. The very first phone call. So are these guys buddies or what? Now, also, don't forget the whole Benghazi thing. When our ambassador was there, he was there meeting with Turkish senior officials. These guys seem to pop up all over the place, Ruben. Turkey Turkey is a, uh, has a, a huge influence. Uh, with ISIS, Saudi Arabia, you know, Saudi Arabia for the past 50 years has been preaching this Wahhabi, radical uh, Muslim uh, uh, Islam uh, version of infidels, attacked infidels. And, and, and now Saudi Arabia gets the pass. Every other country that is considered to be somewhat of a terrorist country, you never see Saudi Arabia. Well, Saudi Arabia bribes. Saudi Arabia pays off both sides. I mean, that's how those boys operate. You know, they'll they'll give money to ISIS. They'll give money to the fanatic Muslim lunatic groups that are by slaughtering innocent people. But then they'll also give money to uh, the, the West and and whatnot. So that's how they they play the game, and that's why they get off scot free, Ruben. No, no, and, 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 and I and I and I know that, but the part that the the American people need to know, and, and you only need you only get this information if you do your research. These countries in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia has over three thousand tents that they can utilize. Yeah, I saw something that accommodates almost three million people. You know that million people, and Kuwait has a lot of money, so it's the fall of the West, and especially, I have a new name, nickname for Europe, uh, Mark. It's not called Europe anymore. It's called Eurabian. <laughs> Good one. And, and uh, that goes hand in hand with signs I've seen in Britain when the Muslims demonstrate, and it said, Europe is the cancer. Islam is the answer. I mean, that's their attitude. And they want to come in there, and then the corker is, you're paying their bills. Right. You know, Europe has a very generous social payment policy. So not only are these people coming in and sharpening their knives 
but they're doing it while you're paying for the electric and the food to give them the energy to do it. It's absolutely insane and suicidal. Oh, it is. It is. And and, and but I don't have any pity for for the uh, for the European leaders. I mean, from uh, Gloria, I mean Merkel in Germany, to Hollande in France, to Cameron in in England. All of these are sympathizers. They're oh people. yeah, yeah. You, you know who's on the ball. You know who's on the ball in Europe, though? The central, the smallest Central European nations and the Eastern European nations yeah, who yeah, have to yeah, deal yeah. with the uh, Russian bear. Those folks yeah. are on the ball. Oh, yeah. But I mean, we have, we, we have Europe, to... like you say, is. Uh, now, I had a son that was in school in Europe, and he was shocked. He was telling me the term he was using was how wussified all the males are. He's, he told me, he says, the only ones that look like red-blooded males that he saw, and he was at a very international university with students from all over Europe, they, and they all had their cliques, you know, cliques of Italians, French, Danish, Germans, et cetera, et cetera. He told me the only ones he saw that thought were red-blooded were, were the uh, Bulgarian guys. <laughs> which goes oh, yeah. to the Eastern European part. But he, he told me he was shocked how wussified these guys are. So you have to wonder, can they even defend themselves? But you know what? I, I, I want to expand this conversation that we're having about the, the Syrian refugees and also the, the, the situation in Europe, the current situation in Europe. One of the things that really, really upsets me, and, 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 but I blame the, the Europeans for this, and I blame the French and the uh, Parisians for accepting a city and a country that has gun control zones all over. And none of those people had a chance when these terrorists came around and started shooting because they didn't have any way to protect themselves. No, no. Well, uh, they're, stewing in their, uh, they're stewing in their juices now, Ruben. So... Uh, you know, they, sadly, they've made their bed and they're lying in it. And, and what, what, what's even sadder is while we're having this discussion, unfortunately, of telling these refugees, sorry, we can't take you for fear of slaughter of our innocence, is the wholesale slaughter and horror that's going on to the civilian population in Syria in Iraq, in Afghanistan, it's a sin. I cry for them almost every night. What happens? Their families ripped apart, their daughters and mothers raped, the fathers beheaded, and this goes on thousands and thousands of times a day. The enslavement, you know, uh, we have people here complaining about slavery that occurred 150, 200 years ago. Well, guess what, Sherlock? It's going on right now in real time. Over oh, yeah. in the Mideast. It, it is. I mean, you go, you, you, you have, I have friends that have traveled to Dubai. Dubai basically brings in all these individuals from Sri Lanka, from Bangladesh, from all the, all, all the countries in, in Southeast Asia. And basically, they are slaves to these rich Dubai uh, kings and uh, emirates who basically treat them like crap over there. So in the Middle East, 
especially in the Arab countries, they basically mistreat their people. And that's, that's, that's the part that, that – and I understand the, the, the corruption, the bribes. I'm realistic. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not naive and, and ignorant and gullible to not believe that that's happening. But we have a president that does not take a, a, a strong position and say – and tell the, tell the Middle East countries, this is what we need and this is what we are going to allow – he just bows down to them. I mean, he. You see, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's true. I, like I, I hear these people, and I have to laugh, Ruben, when they ask, "Is Obama a Muslim? Is he, you know, is is he a Muslim or not?" That doesn't matter. What matters yeah. is it seems that at every turn, he comes out and he favors, and he shows partiality towards all Muslims, persons, and causes. And if you're Christians, if you're a Christian, you're going to get a tongue lashing. That's what you deserve. But if you're a Muslim savage decapitating your way across uh, west-eastern Syria, uh, you know, it's because of climate change and you don't have a job. I mean, give me a break with this garbage. <laughs> well, give me a break. Please, students. You know, coming from the left, I'm not surprised. I mean, when Bernie Sanders makes these outrageous statements that terrorism is increasing and the people are leaving the Middle East because of climate change, you know, that shows how, what an idiot he is. And it shows well, that you know, they, they're all on board with this climate change because the puppet masters are telling them to say this because well, well, the hundreds of billions of dollars that are going to be stolen and are being stolen. Again, I'll go back to that where the left launders tax general taxpayer money for their own causes and persons. The money that is going to be stolen on this makes uh, any gangster crime family mafia look like the East Side boys, you know, stealing a pennies from the newspaper stand. Hundreds of billions of dollars they're going to be taking, Ruben. Now, did you hear about the U.N. is setting up a court? All these nations want to try the United States for climate change violations. I mean, if that doesn't make you want to vomit, because let's just say for the sake of example, the court says the United States has to give $10 billion to Zimbabwe, even though they're landlocked. They're suffering from the effects of climate change. Do you? What do you think is going to happen to that $10 billion, students? What do you think is going to happen? It's going to be stolen faster than you can snort a damn line off the table. Let me tell you, it will be gone. This is, when you hear climate change, you have to think theft. You hear people supporting climate change, you have to think gangster. Because this is what gangsters do. Because, and I say, and I use this term gangsters, because if you're a scientist and you're not on board with the climate change, you're not working, you're not getting grants, you're, 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 you're being suffocated. But if you're a proponent of climate change, you're getting grants, the money is flowing, you write a book, let's put you on MSNBC, let's put you on NBC, because rah-rah, you're supporting the puppet masters, 
that are going to be raking in the billions, hundreds of billions. Well, a perfect example has been uh, Al Gore. Al Gore was not a multimillionaire when he was running, when he was the vice president of the United States. Uh, Al Gore is almost a billionaire now. That's because he's been is that a sin or what? Someone so crooked, someone right. so deceitful, someone which, which I, I I don't exactly look at him as the sharpest knife in the drawer either, Robin. I no, mean, no, uh, this, this man does, has never impressed me with his uh, written or spoken word in any way, shape, or form, and he's almost a billionaire. And you he's and I are on that radio, Robin. He has made his he has made his money practicing and preaching this climate change scam that is impacting. Which basically, like you had indicated, it basically they're stealing. They want they want to impose a global tax on humans all over the world because they're saying that humans are the ones who are causing global changes. I mean, climate changes, global warming, and. In order for them to impose that, in order for them to impose a global tax in regards to carbon, they need to make sure that that global warming becomes an accepted practice. And yeah, so, so they just lie constantly. You know, it's it's just the, the repeated lie, right. and eventually it will it will be believed by many. Sadly, by by many. But you know, here, here's here's what I laugh at, Ruben. Notice that all of this. Uh, the, notice the, the purses where the climate change thievery will take place are in North America and in Europe. I mean, I don't see the Chinese, the Indians, the Japanese, or other Asian rim nations who are very wealthy in their own right. And uh, heavily industrialized, you know, contributing to pollution, because who wants pollution? You know, we all breathe the same air and drink the same water, folks. So no one wants pollution. But I noticed these Asian nations obviously told these U.N. guys to to go take a walk. Now, why is it that the stupid Europeans and North Americans are willing to go along with this? Well, they're obviously... In on the take. Oh, of course, of course, that's obvious. That's obvious. But I, I can tell you from experience. I, I traveled with my my son. We, we we went to China. We were in China. We visited five. You know, I don't know if I told you, but my son has been learning Chinese since he was in. Wow! No, I'm impressed, Ruben. I'm all ears. <laughs> tell us so what happened. So, cool. so we we basically he was he belonged to the Chinese club, and we one year we had a trip to China. And it was visiting five different cities in China, starting off in Beijing, going to uh, Shanghai, and going to another city called uh, Hangzhou. And, and so, bottom line, that most of the cities that we visited, you can see the pollution. These coal factories, refineries, all over. Well, they have to be. They're scrambling to provide energy and electricity. Right. To handle this boom that's going on, and but, coal plants obviously are the oh, yeah. quickest and most effective way to do it. But they're allowing this pollution to go on. 
Right. They don't really. They do not care what the West or the East or whoever. Well, I don't see them opening the Chinese Treasury to the global warming gangsters, though. Do you? I don't. They do, no, no. Uh, the Chinese are basically they they have a map of where they want their country to go, and no one is going to stop them. They, they don't really. They're not going to pay attention, and they're not going to listen to the UN preaching climate change because they have they want to. Uh, become a super powerhouse economically, militarily. Not, and they have a right, and they're smart. They're smart. They they know that they're not going to be giving their hard-earned money mm-hmm. to these gangsters, to these criminals. So why are we? Why is Europe willing to do that? And and from where I sit, Europe does not seem to be uh, in such fine shape. So I would think the focus of all of this, of the uh, climate change booty, is going to be the American taxpayer. And that takes me, Ruben, seriously irritates me. I mean, uh, wait a second. Uh, This guy has $8 billion, and he lives in Bern, Switzerland, and he wants to have $12 billion. So let's do climate change. No, I'm sorry. You'll have to suffer through the $8 billion and not increase my electric bill to the point where my myself and many Americans are going to be living in the dark, living in the hot, and living in the cold because we won't be able to afford electricity if we permit these EPA Gestapo people to right. keep closing coal plants. I mean, if I were a Senator Rubin, I would propose legislation that not, not one watt of electricity gets taken offline for this climate change malarkey until there is a functioning substitute immediately ready to pick up the load. Because, Ruben, these people are closing coal pants across the country. Oh, no, uh, I, I, America I, I, in 10 years, could we could start be like third world hell holes. Start having, oh, there's going to be a six-hour period during the day where you don't get electricity. I mean, that's how it is out of the country, right? You, you said you were in China. Now, yeah. have you been in other places oh, you, uh, where I, electricity I is valuable? Oh, I mean, I was in, we were in Taiwan also, and, and we were in, in, in uh, Europe. Uh, during the time that um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you, if you know, or, or the audience know this, but Russia provides about a large, uh, they provide a large percentage of natural gas and oil to Europe. Yes, yes, I'm and quite aware of that, uh, uh, which is, gives Russia a big hammer over Europe. So we were in Europe one year when Russia decided that they got, they were going to cut off the production. Yeah, yeah, they they did that. And people were freaking out because they didn't have any other option. They depended on the Russians producing the natural gas. fragile and vulnerable they they are. And yet this president, like the village idiot, keeps tugging on Putin's cape. It's like, leave that man alone. You know, our armed forces have been debilitated. Our armed forces have been demoralized. 
Um, I use this term. We have a second city punk as the commander-in-chief. No, I, for one, do not want to go to war with Vladimir Putin. I, for one, don't even want to go to war with Liechtenstein. And I hope many of the students know what that is. It's a little tiny country in the middle mm-hmm. of the Nope, we don't yeah. even want to go to war with Liechtenstein with the second city punk at the bridge. Uh, so oh. I wish he would stop tugging on his tape. I sure do, because uh, I'm very worried, Ruben. Here's my nightmare. It looks like Trump is going to win. It looks like an American nationalist is going to lead an American resurgence. Now, why wouldn't Putin and China and Iran and Cuba and get them all together and think, you know what, maybe we should hit these boys now before Trump gets in and muscles them all up again. I'm very concerned about that. Well, I'm going to tell you, it could happen because we have the second city punk in the White House. Well, I'll tell you something. We got there. There was some very good news coming out of uh, Argentina this this uh, this week. Um, a conservative won the presidency in Argentina. Um, really? I, wow! I, I, that's I, I, a, I missed that. That's a big one. Oh, it, it is a big one because they had Cristina Fernandez Kirchner, who was a leftist, a socialist. Right. I mean, she had put. Argentina on the brinks of economic collapse, and this gentleman, his name is Mauricio Macri. Uh, he's the new president. He's going to be the new president of Argentina. He he is. He reminds me also of a Ted Cruz. He's like a Ted Cruz type individual. Oh, very very good for South America. Good for Argentina. Although I have to oh. tell you, you know, one thing this president did this Kirshner, this female leftist you uh, mentioned, yes. you know what yes. they did do very positive. A few weeks ago at the UN, when it was her turn to speak at the UN as president of Argentina, she said in 2009, the Obama administration was twisting Argentina's arm to ship uranium to Iran. Yeah, now, I, uh, was she lying? I, I don't think so. Why would she do that? And then the next question is, why do we? Uh, why are we interested in fueling Iran with uranium? What is that about? Is is, is that why this Iran capitulation took place? I mean, where Iran gets everything in the kitchen sink, and we get, uh, as they say on the streets in Little Italy, we get Ongasangul. What is that about? <laughs> what is that well, about? Well, well, you know, they, 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 uh, Christina Fernandez, Kirchner, and the White House, they've had a very, very uh, rough relationship. Uh, Which is surprising because usually, you know, the leftists are all, uh, you well, know, cozy, well, cozy, kissy, kissy. I, I'll tell you, and, and I follow uh, Latin America, South America politics quite a bit also. Um, the reason our, uh, Christina was upset with the Obama administration is because Christina was buddies, buddies with um, President Maduro in Venezuela. And, you know, we and the Venezuelans have not had good relationships. So Cristina Fernandez aligned herself with the Venezuelan government. That's the reason 
she came out and said those things about. Uh, oh, okay. Now you know it's funny you mentioned Venezuela. It's funny you yeah, mentioned Venezuela because at number one, I've mentioned them many times on this program as a current, living, breathing example of what happens when a nation state who is predominantly capitalist goes down the road to socialism. And the thing I heard today is the poverty rate in Venezuela is now 73%, almost three-quarters of the population, where one time Venezuela was the jewel of South America, was booming, where per capita had the largest middle class, also had the largest growing middle class. I mean, the only thing that could compete with it was Chile. Uh, Now three-quarters of the people because they elected who, who, what was his name, the first idiot? Uh, Maduro. No, no, before him, the first idiot. Oh, that, got that, that, was, old... that was Hugo Chavez. Yeah, Chavez. Yeah, Hugo Chavez. He started, now once you elect people like this, well, outside the United States anyway, they don't let go of power. Like, ask the Cubans about Fidel. Once they get power, whether... By force or by the ballot box, they won't let go. So Venezuela once, just two decades ago, was a shining light nation state in South America. Is now, yes, just another leftist... I can't say it. A leftist... Yeah, okay, we'll say hellhole. I said it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I had other words in mind. I had to stop myself. This is a family well, show, Ruben. I have to remind uh, you. Uh, I'm sorry <laughs> I said, but I, you know, I'm always, every chance that I get to attack the left, I, I, I do it. Uh, I, I know, I also mock them. I, I also love to mock them, you know, on this show. We call uh, uh, Mr. Alinsky, we call him Heidi Alinsky. You know, because we we can see him being a little transgender running around the streets of Chicago with a little blonde wig. Um, I you know I call Obama a jackass just to insult him. And when, when I write the term "oh jackass," I put the last two S's, capital S's, mimicking the SS because of the Obama administration's weaponization of almost all the government agencies. Right. You know, it's not just the IRS that goes after conservatives. You know, uh, if, if these boys get in, your, in their sights, get you in their sights, they'll send every, you know, ABC government agency down on top of your head. And they've been doing it, and they are doing it. And oh, they're doing course, it constantly. The IRS hasn't even stopped targeting conservatives. Forget about making them pay for their crimes, they haven't even ceased operations. Hello. In the meantime, the one woman who directed it, oh, she just retired with a great pension there, Ruben. You, you know, I'm talking about Lerner there. Yeah, Lois Lerner. Uh, I mean, it was obviously, you know, you know, here's something. If a student wants to, like, uh, throw a hand grenade into this Bolshevik pro-Muslim, un-American, treacherous government we have. Here's something I'd like to know. You know, our our government uh, structure isn't a pyramid. It's like a minaret. You have Obama at the top. Then the next 
got in the minaret is Valerie Jarrett. I'd like to know who is the who's the ring of people around Valerie Jarrett that, for instance, today we found out the Pentagon was being told, tone down your reports on ISIS. Stop talking about them like that. I'd like to know who are these ring of people around Valerie Jarrett because they're obviously the Cossacks that are weaponizing the government agencies and threatening the civil servants of these government agencies. Like, they even threaten the Pentagon. Ruben, if they're threatening the Pentagon, do you think they're going to hesitate to threaten anyone else? And I'm talking about internally. I mean, if you tell the Pentagon, tone it down on the ISIS reports because we don't like them, you, you could imagine what's going on. So students, if any of you... Have some time. Find out who the hell are these people in this ring around Valerie Jarrett, and let's start naming names. Come on here. I mean, we do have free speech. They are criminals. It is our money being stolen. And students, by the way, you know, you could sit there thinking, oh, they're not stealing my money. Well, guess what? Especially, like, I, I have a son at Rutgers now. How much are you paying in tuition? Why? Why are you paying so much in tuition? I'll tell you, because you're subsidizing all these absolutely useless humanitarian BS, you know, white privilege, along with me, black slavery, professors and courses and resources. That's why you're paying so much. So when this, and I'm talking to you about this thievery, don't think you're exempt from this. Your tuition is probably up 25, 33% more than it should be. Because you have to subsidize the leftist boys and girls. You have to understand your place. You have to line up like the good little sheep you are to be fleeced so that your wool can be given to them to keep warm. And, oh, by the way, yeah, you're going to have to skip two meals a day maybe to get by or whatnot, and you're going to have to freeze your fanny because the leftists need all your wood to keep nice and warm and rich. Excuse me, all your wool. So don't think well, you're exempt from this thievery. Go ahead, Ruben. Well, I can feel your pain, uh, Mark, because I paid two years of my son's college at Rutgers. So I know how much you're paying because I paid it. Hey, hey, you know what? You don't know about my pain. When I was working, I had three sons in college at the same time. And I was paying the tuition every month. When I lost my job, and then I was like, what's this FAFSA? What is that? I'm sure a lot of students are laughing. A lot of parents of those students are laughing. I was like, FAFSA who? FAFSA what? I mean, because I was just paying. Every six months, I would just write those checks. Okay, now, I did have two of the three in a community college. Okay, that helped. And I had that was one, very smart. That was very smart. Yeah, I had one son who was very brilliant. So he, we've never had to pay his full freight. Um, uh, he, you know, he doesn't belong to any politically correct group. He, but he happens to be exceedingly bright. You know, I have one Ruben. He's scary. He's got an IQ like over 180. Take that to his father, huh? He is scary. He is so he intelligent. Takes after, he takes after his father, huh? Uh, I wish. No, he takes after his grandfather, actually. 
<laughs> no, you uh, I'm, I'm, you got to shave about 40, 50 points off of that mark for me. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you, um, I everything you said about what the high cost of sending your child to college and and uh, what that where that money goes to subsidize uh, other um, the dream the dreamers. And the 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 illegal state intuition, you know, all those all those perks that do not go to you, me, or anyone else because we don't qualify. We didn't qualify for any of those. Uh, right, and, and 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 in my case, I mean, I've been working over thirty five years. I've been pulling the wagon mm-hmm. for over thirty five years. Now all of a sudden, I can't pull the wagon. But guess what? There's no room for me in the wagon either. You know, to maybe hit your ride for a while. Uh, and this is the case with tens of millions of people, which is going on here, which is why Donald Trump or Ted Cruz uh, will, well, let's, should let's, be let's, the uh, president. I think the Democrats don't even have the fraud capability to overcome the landslide that we're going to be seeing. Let's, let's, touch, let's, let's touch now on the presidential race. Uh, let's let's. I know the last time we had a, uh, we were on uh, on the air, we started discussing the different uh, candidates. I believe that this GOP Republican presidential race is coming down to four people. Yeah, you know, of course. Well, the, the numbers oh, are oh, clearly indicative correct, of that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I would say that Donald Trump, Ted Cruz. Ben Carson and Marco Rubio, right? And, they're, and the, they're the first tier. They're the first tier. The, the rest, even with the one hundred million dollars that Jeff Bush has, I don't believe at this point, with two months to go to the primary in Iowa. <laughs> oh yeah, what's the old saying, Ruben? Put a fork in him. He's done. Hundred million dollars and all. But oh, the yeah. scary thing is. That $100 million, he's going to be running a lot of negative ads against those people you mentioned. Although he won't touch Rubio because Rubio looks like the establishment boy. Yeah, he is. The four. He is. Yeah, he, he is. is. He went in with the gang of eight. He's totally repulsive. Uh, I don't like his uh, policies on immigration. You know, Im- immigration, the whole philosophy of immigration should be to better the citizens of the United States, okay? That's the purpose of immigration. Uh, You could take all the other so-called reasons for it, like, oh, we have to be humanitarian, or I I love it when I hear Obama lecturing me on American values. He wouldn't know an American value if it bit him in the fan. So I don't want to hear this from you, Charlie, okay? Well, well, I, I, I'll tell you, um, it's obvious again uh, that the, the the establishment. You know, I have I have family and I have friends that don't do not understand the difference between establishment Republicans and conservative Republicans. Uh, and and what I try to tell them is that I don't want individuals that are going to be voting and helping my enemy enhancing their power. I want someone oh, yeah, I'm still ticked off at the Corker Amendment and the changing of the filibuster threshold by the GOP. They totally, we gave them this power 
gave them the full Congress, and they just turned around and handed it right back to old jackass. That they stabbed him in the back. They stabbed him in the back. Right, right, which is why the Tea Party is so disillusioned at the moment. I hear all this work, effort, and whatnot, and they went and they turned it away. And what's doubly troubling is every world leader on every continent, excuse the expression, just bitch slaps Obama right and left just like the lightweight that he is. But when it comes to the Republicans, he just knocks them right out on their fanny. What is that about? Why does the rest of the world abuse, take advantage of Obama and America, but our own internal opposition party rolls over like I don't, like a show dog? I, I just I'll, don't understand I'll, that. I have the answer for you, Mark. The answer is, that the, the establishment Republicans are not, they're basically rhinos, Republican in name only. They're truly, they have democratic values, and they believe in big government. Oh, oh you know, uh, let, let me tell you this. I believe in my heart of hearts that the Republican establishment would rather see a Hillary Clinton in the White House than Donald Trump. I firmly oh, believe that. It, it, even with the yeah. devastation another four years of a Democratic administration will do to this country that another four years of this, of what's going on now, may be irreparable. Students, you may be coming into your adulthood into a Venezuela-like situation, into a leftist hellhole. You had better wake up because guess what? I don't, I, you know, if I have 20 years left on this earth, I'll be happy. Not you folks. You folks got another 60, 70. And to tell you the truth, probably your life expectancy will probably be going down because the uh, health system is being ravaged by the leftists because, of course, they have to loan the money out of the health care system. It boils down to that again. So well, you better wake well, up, students. You're going to be on this, in this country a long time. And if you want to be waiting online for toilet paper, vote for or like Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton. But I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to take a positive side uh, and an op- op- opposite side to when you said that the Tea Party is this solution. I, I I have high hopes for them. I think that they're basically are going to be rejuvenated and they're going to come out strong if, if conservative. That is oh, yes, yes. Out. Hopefully um, you will breathe life and reinvigorate it. I'll tell you something, something that has me really excited. The number of Hispanics that are basically moving away from and I see it in my Facebook, people that have signed up that have added me as friends because they enjoy the fact that I'm a Hispanic conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are basically very, very into either electing Donald Trump or Ted Cruz because they believe that we cannot 
afford to have another Democrat or a rhino running this country. We need someone who's going to be strong, who's going to, who's going to make sure that he steps up to the plate. And when the Russians and the Chinese and the, uh, and the Saudis or anyone else tries to tell us that we need to do this, he's going to come back and say, no, we are still the most powerful nation in the world, and we will decide when and what, where, and who, yeah, and who. Yeah. You, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Ruben, I don't know if you know, I grew up in a white Spanish slum in New York City. Okay, My best friend for years was Cuban. My first two girlfriends were Puerto Ricans. My other best friend was Ecuadorian. Right. Um, so I've lived, I grew up with Spanish people. I... To me, you know, I just love it because I'm in the Tea Party or because I have strong immigration views. People go, racist, racist. Well, excuse me, racist. I, I've broken bread. I've cried. I've laughed. I've played uh, with these people, with Spanish people, and intermingled with them and been in their homes, and they've been in my homes growing up my whole life. No, I'm but, not a racist. I'm concerned about, now this is for the students, I'm concerned about your parents. I'm concerned right. about your grandparents. I'm concerned about you. No, I'm not concerned. I'm sorry that there's uh, chaos occurring south of our border. And any human misery upsets me. The harming of innocence makes me angry. But guess what? We can't take in the whole world. You know, our boat is only so big. We take in too many people and we're swamped. And then where does that leave anybody? And if you think it can't happen here, just look, take your eyes south to Venezuela. Look what happened to them in two decades. Now we've had eight years of this clown. And the the evil people that he surrounds himself with, you know, telling the Pentagon, tone down the reports. Again, can you imagine what's been going on in this government? And oh, by the way, I've been saying this, you know, there's a lot of things I've been saying since uh, many of us became active on the scene in 2008. And one thing, and I'm going to say this again, and it's still the truth, is everything you see, that, you, that they, oh, this is terrible. What are they doing there? How could they do this? What's going on with that? You're only seeing a third of it. The, the horror that's being done is like an iceberg, and you're only seeing the tip. As bad as you may think they're making their decisions and why, and it's the wrong one, and we tell them not to, and they do it, and we tell them to do it, and the government doesn't want to, two-thirds of the evil that's going on is below the waterline, and you're not even seeing it. You know, right. I'm also the guy that went to high school in Manhattan, 68 to 72, during the height of the Vietnam protest era and the growth of the Marxist, dumbass student movement. Uh, you know, I know these these people that I argued with and fought on the streets of Manhattan. Maybe some of these clowns in that ring around Valerie Jarrett that I was telling you about. You know, right. who is this inner sanctum of cruel ideologues? Because that's the other thing of the left. 
you know, people are conservatives, this, conservatives, that. Conservatives are humanitarians. Conservatives give a lot to charity. Conservatives care about their fellow man. All colors, all religions. It's the left that are like, no, they're good, they're bad. This is good, that's bad. They're the evil ones. They're oh, the look, racist. Look, they're the bigots. Go ahead. Look! Look at look at the whole situation at the with, with the college campuses at University of Missouri, at University of Ithaca. We have these agitators. You know, I don't know if you know. I I've, I've seen them in high school and college myself, right. Ruben. Right. So we, such... we have, prof- Go we ahead. have professional agitators. Well, paid. the one kid that started the ball. Let's see. He was 26 years old. His father's a millionaire. And he never worked a day in his life. He's been a professional student since he's 26. So guess what, kid? After you wipe the snot from your nose and the water from behind your ears, 10 years later, maybe come back and talk to us. But this kid that started it, uh, started it all, the, the, this uh, garbage over there, you know, I'll, I'll also tell him he hasn't even reached the point where he'll realize how much he doesn't know. He's not even at that point yet. He's just some, you know, college kid textbook jockey. And for this to get the attention and is is very upsetting to me. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, some little mama's boy spoiled brat is what we would have called him back in the day. Your mommy's been paying your your tuition bills. Your mommy's been paying your dorm things. Your mommy's been paying for your food. Get the hell out of here. You know, come back when you grow up. But you know what's more, you know what's more laughable, and it's not reported, when we have all these professors have been teaching their students in these leftist universities about how bad our country is, how evil our country is. Yes, and oh, then oh, without, turn, without a they, doubt. Well, that's why we're here, turn, Ruben, right? Then they, then they turn on them because, as you know, the majority of the universities in the United States are controlled by the left. Well, they're leftist. So, like I said, they're cruel. So, yeah, they're going to turn on their professors. I mean, Jesus, can these universities be any more politically correct than leftists? No. And now these students are upset? Give me a break. Now, please, now this is coming from the kid who, when New York City ended free tuition, right. they told me to get lost. And, you know, no, sorry, we can't give you a loan. We can't give you a grant. Get lost. Yeah. Well, I, I I wanted I wanted to cover uh, a situation with the the current gun control uh, bill that that Chucky Schumer and the Democrats are planning to bring to the table in 2016 with Obama. These people will not stop. They will continue to fight to make sure that we become another Australia, that after the confiscation of all the guns in Australia, there's so many so many crimes and so many murders, but not committed by guns, committed by other weapons. Well, well there are crimes committed with guns, but it's the bad guys kept their guns. 
guess what? You, you know, Chucky Schumer is funny. I had a screaming match with him on the subway platform in, on in Kings Highway, Brooklyn, uh, because uh, I've said this before. I lived off a very uh, extensive transit hub in Brooklyn, Kings Highway. All the buses, all, all buses from sections of Brooklyn that had no trains dropped the people there. And there it was a you know, 86th Street. No, I, I also lived off of that in Bensonhurst. But 86th Street, that was the F. That was the independent, no? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was the F train. No, this King's Highway was like the D, the Q, the B. And, uh, you know, and then these are back then. So every political season, the politicians would hit the, the train station. And I've chased, you know, just like I've done as a member of the Tea Party in eviscerating government people, both Democrat and Republican in person. You know, even back then I was even worse. <laughs> you know, I was full of pepper and testosterone. And I've chased many a politician off the platform on King's Highway. But I'll give Chuck Schumer credit. He wouldn't budge. I wouldn't. He wouldn't run away from me. He stood there and he took his lumps. And I believe the thing we were discussing back then was the Second Amendment as well. You know, in New York City, and this is in the uh, uh, '80s, early '80s. Right. So it's funny you, you mentioned Chucky Schumer. He's pretty tall too. Yeah, but you, you're going to laugh at this in Greensboro, North Carolina. This past week, they had a uh, you know this gun buyback. Uh, yeah. They, the guns that were turned in were BB guns. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what, Ruben? I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to depart because of a personal matter. So I'm gonna leave you to carry the ball these last few minutes. Uh, I'm sure you're capable. And I just wanted to leave the students with one more, and that is, capitalism is the bread waiting online on the shelf at bakery for you. Socialism is you waiting outside the bakery online for a loaf of bread. Do not be so willing to turn your back on capitalism. Okay, Ruben, good night. And thank you, Doreen Finkel. Thank you, Doreen Finkel, for inviting me. We love you. Doreen is a whirling dervish. Okay, you guys take care. All right, have a good one. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Well, uh, my audience, we have two minutes to go, and I just wanted to cover uh, the rest of the what's been happening in Europe and touch on the the European Union that is headquartered in Brussels, Belgium, just to let everyone know that majority, actually all, all of the European countries, do not have a say in how they manage their economy and their laws. Everything is controlled by the parliament, the European parliament that is based in Brussels. And as a result, we have the situation in Europe today that every day the European culture is decaying, the European lifestyle is the king. European, if they don't shape up the European governments, there'll be history. 
and it will continue to go across the Atlantic into North America and South America. So as a result, I believe we, the people, need to step up to the plate. And in 2016, we need to elect an individual that's going to stand tall and be for the people in 2016. We're done. We cannot continue after eight years of this current administration to continue in this on this pace. It's unsustainable. All right. We'll see each other next week. Wendy, field director with the Ted Cruz campaign, will be here. She was going to be here today, but it was changed for next week. So we'll see everyone next week. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Have a good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.